Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. You might have heard the news that Vanessa Bryant won a fairly large jury verdict judgment in the case against the County of Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and Fire Department. But I saw a lot of questions about the underlying case, what was going on anyway, and then some new questions because the county is already indicating that they are going to move for, you know, the trial to be set aside or the judgment and verdict to be set aside, amongst other things. So we're going to break down what's been going on in this trial and what this trial was about legally in today's episode of The Emily Show. So sit back. This this one is, it's sad for me. It's just, it's a sad case. It's hard to talk about the kind of lack of decency that the victims of this helicopter crash were shown uh, by the first responders who you trust to do their job in a professional way. It just is a hard case. Some of the testimony we're going to be talking about is hard. Nothing we're going to be talking about is graphic. Everything we're going to be talking about, I find deeply frustrating. And with that, let's talk about this case. So we should just get going. We should just we should just start. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. big thank you to today's sponsor, Green Chef. Make meals easy. It's getting into fall. It's back to school. I know this time of year is busy and all of our Green Chef meals take us around 30 minutes to make, but the time saving is not just in making the meals. It's also in having fresh, incredible ingredients delivered directly to my door in the quantities I need with easy to follow recipes with pictures. It's fantastic. Tonight, we had an amazing risotto. I've never made a good risotto, and the entire family enjoyed it. So if you're ready to either break out of a dinner rut or just have something easy, delicious, and healthy on the table that matches your eating style, give Green Chef a try. Did I mention you can pick meals that are keto or paleo or vegan or vegetarian, gluten-free? You can get USDA certified organic chicken and ground beef and wild caught sockeye salmon all delivered to your door. Just go to greenchef.com slash emilybaker135 and use code emilybaker135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's right. Greenchef.com slash emilybaker135. Support your dinner and this show when you use that code and find out for yourself why Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. So you might have heard about the jury verdict, but what was interesting to me as I was going in to look at this today before I recorded the podcast is that the jury is actually reducing the verdict to Vanessa Bryant. So we're going to start at the end and then back up as we talk about this trial. So we're going to talk first about what's going on now and then talk about the underlying trial. But a quick summary of facts. Vanessa Bryant, a widow of basketball star Kobe Bryant, 
lost Kobe and her daughter Gianna in a fatal helicopter crash on January 26, 2020. The other plaintiff in this case, Christopher Chester, lost his wife and daughter. There were other plaintiffs that lost loved ones in this helicopter crash that already settled their cases with the county, each settled for $1.25 million. This case, of course, was you know, widely reported on day by day. There were reporters in the courtroom. That's where we're getting our information from. This was in a federal court in Los Angeles. It was not televised, not photographed, anything like that, as they do in federal court. Either you're there or you're not there and you're getting the reporting coming out of the courtroom. So everything is based on reporting from those that were in court. This court started on August 10th. The verdict came in on August 24th awarding Vanessa Bryant $16 million, awarding Christopher Chester $15 million. But then last week, the jury came back and said, by the way, by the way, um, we didn't mean to do that. We meant to award them both $15 million. And when I started looking through the verdict forms, and we're going to go through the verdict forms together in just a moment, I was very confused about why there was that difference of a million dollars. I was, I couldn't figure it out. There didn't seem to be anything in the evidence that would have been substantially different um, in this. I could see if it was a larger amount, maybe trying to speculate, well, maybe it's because she's more of a public figure The and her husband was more of a public figure. The fear of those photos of their loved ones becoming public is maybe why there's more money for one than the other. But now we don't have to speculate because it was just reported that the jury went to the judge and said, by the way, we made an error. So we're going to look at those. The underlying facts of this case are all surrounding photographs taken at the accident scene with personal cell phones of first responders and those photos then being shared. Those photos were shared publicly. The public brought it to the sheriff's department's attention. It came to Vanessa Bryant's attention through media reporting about it. Those photos have never been released publicly, but those photos were taken and shared uh, between individuals, shown to other individuals, and that's the underlying issue in this case against LA County Sheriff's Department and LA County Fire Department. Let's go ahead and take a look at the verdict forms first, and then we can talk about what was or what's going to be changed in the verdict forms as we talk about what the jurors have said needs to be changed. The first verdict form I'm pulling up is for Vanessa Bryant. The causes of action and the defendants were the same for both plaintiffs. I'm just going to show you the difference in the two forms, but this will also give us an opportunity to talk about what the causes of action were that uh, they were seeking uh, they were seeking monetary damages for in this trial. So as we go through this verdict form, we're going to go through the causes of actions against the sheriff's department first, and then the causes of action against the LA County Fire Department. And you'll see that there are different damages apportioned to each department. So plaintiff Vanessa Bryant's claim against defendant Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, question number one. These are the things the jury is deciding. Question number one, on the claim of plaintiff Vanessa Bryant against defendant LA County Sheriff's Department, for violation of her constitutional rights, Section 1983, based on a policy that fails to prevent violations of law by its employees 
or a failure to train its employees, we, the undersigned jurors, unanimously find in favor of, and then it says check one, either plaintiff, Vanessa Bryant, defendant, uh, LA County Sheriff's Department. I will interchange LA County Sheriff's Department and Sheriff's Department, just because it's a lot of words. And they've checked plaintiff Vanessa Bryant. It says proceed to question number two. So that is a the policy failure or failure to train its employees. And what we've learned from reporting in this and the testimony in this case is there is not a really clear policy with regard to accident scenes. The policy with regard to crime scene and crime scene photos and how those are handled in chain of custody is much more clear, but there isn't a clear policy. So again, as we sidebar real quickly, um, I've seen a lot of people asking, why wasn't anyone fired? If the policy is not clear, it will make it harder to terminate people who are um, government employees for violating a policy that's not super clear. Though from reporting, it seems that one of the individuals was given the opportunity to resign versus be terminated. Everyone else were ordered by the sheriff's department to delete the photos, and they were not um, disciplined through termination with regard to this case. And that's really one of the hearts of this case is by Vanessa Bryant and uh, Christopher Chester bringing this lawsuit. This is going to force the county of Los Angeles to change their policies. I believe other departments will follow suit if they don't already have strong policies in place. Going back to the verdict form, question number two says, on the claim of plaintiff Vanessa Bryant against defendant Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department for violation of her constitutional rights based on a practice or custom. So this is the department's practice or custom regarding photographs um, or, or taking photographs. And there was some chilling testimony about that that we will get to. It says, we, the undersigned jurors, unanimously find in favor of, and it's checked for Vanessa Bryant, the next section says, if you found in favor of plaintiff Vanessa Bryant on her claims against defendant LA County sheriffs in question one or two or both, answer question number three, otherwise skip three and go to four. So question number three is, if you found in favor of plaintiff, then you're apportioning the amount of damages. And it gives you two options on this form, past physical, mental, or emotional pain and suffering, loss of enjoyment of life, humiliation, grief, anxiety, and emotional distress. And the verdict form says 2.5 million. The next section says future physical, mental, and emotional pain and suffering, loss of enjoyment of life, humiliation, grief, anxiety, and emotional distress, 7.5 million. So on this, uh, Vanessa Bryant is being awarded $10 million from the sheriff's department for past and future um, anguish. Did I add that up right? Yes, I did. Going on to the next one, these are the claims against LA County Fire Department. I might shorten it to LAFD. The claims are the same. Question number four is the claim of Vanessa Bryant against the fire department for a violation of rights based on a policy that fails to prevent violations of law by its employees or a failure to train employees. And it says, we, the undersigned jurors, find in favor of Vanessa Bryant. Then question five, on the claim of plaintiff Vanessa Bryant against defendant LAFD for violation of her constitutional rights based on a practice or custom, we, the undersigned jurors, unanimously find in favor of Vanessa Bryant. If you find in favor of plaintiff on claims four or five or both, answer question six. Question six is the damages. 
And then it says against the fire department, how do you find the damages? For past physical, mental, and emotional pain and suffering, loss of enjoyment of life, humiliation, grief, anxiety, and emotional distress, it apportions $1 million to the past distress and $5 million to future uh, distress. So as against the fire department, $6 million as against the county, $10 million, which is how you get to that $16 million number, clearly finding um, somewhat more egregious behavior based on the employees for the sheriff's department vis-a-vis the employees for the fire department. And this is where the difference is between this verdict form and the verdict form for the other plaintiff that we're going to look at right now. So with regard to plaintiff Christopher Chester, it is the same causes of action in the same order against the sheriff's department, then against the fire department. And they found both violations of the uh, policy and the kind of practice or custom in favor of Christopher Chester. And then when they apportion damages for past uh, physical, mental, and emotional pain and suffering, it was $1.5 million. And then for the future uh, pain and suffering, $7.5 million. And that's where we get that difference. For Vanessa Bryant's, they apportioned $2.5 million to the past physical. And that's how we ended up with his being 15 and hers being 16. When it comes to the fire department, we're seeing on question number four on the claim that Christopher, uh, on the claim of plaintiff Christopher Chester against the Los Angeles County Fire Department with the failure based on the policy they found for Christopher Chester, but based on a practice or custom they found for the fire department. So he won three of his four claims but they still apportioned the same amount of damages to him that they did for Vanessa Bryant. The past pain and suffering at 1 million, the future pain and suffering at 5 million. And now I have to go back and look at the other one and make sure I didn't miss one. And I did, because on Vanessa Bryant's as well, me moving too fast, on Vanessa Bryant's as well, they did not find a practice or custom um, for her. They found that for LA County Fire Department. So clearly finding the... Uh, customer practice with regard to the sheriff's department to be the more egregious and thus awarding more damages to the sheriff's department actions than to the fire department's actions. And this is why I always pull up the documents so that you can see them because somebody would have been like, Emily, that's not what that checkbox says um, if I hadn't seen it myself. And that's why I always, always pull up the documents and take a look with all of you. For the audio audience, you get to know that we're doing it over on the YouTubes and you're welcome to come over and look. So when we're talking about this custom of behavior, it's it's the environment of the thing. And they're finding that that didn't exist with the fire department, but it did exist with the sheriff's department. And when we get into the, a bit of the testimony, we heard testimony regarding the sheriff's department and this being a practice of some at the LA County Sheriff's Department that there was a more common and widespread practice of deputies taking photos of accident scenes of decedents and, and collecting and sharing those photos. The next reporting is coming from USA Today. This was noted in court, but I have not seen it noted on the record in the court documents. But when they say it was noted in court, again, I trust that somebody was in court 
and heard the judge say this. What USA Today is reporting is that the $16 million verdict that Vanessa Bryant was awarded by a federal jury on Wednesday is set to be reduced to $15 million after a juror discovered an error on the verdict form and informed the court about it. Well, the verdict forms were pulled up, I mean, by me publicly uh, last week on one of my live streams, and I'm sure by others. It's just interesting they didn't hear it when these were read out in court because they asked, they pulled the jurors, um, are these your verdicts? They read them in court. I'm surprised I got past that phase, past everybody exiting the courtroom and then coming back to the court's attention. But let's see what they have to say. Bryant, the widow of NBA legend Kobe Bryant, prevailed in her civil trial against Los Angeles County Wednesday after the jury of nine unanimously found the county liable for damages to her and her fellow plaintiff, Chris Chester, who was awarded $15 million by the same jury. Quote, it was the nine jurors' intent that both plaintiffs, Vanessa Bryant and Christopher Chester, be awarded equally, U.S. District Judge John F. Walter noted in court Friday. Bryant has agreed to the change. I mean, I can't believe that she wouldn't have, right? You're not going to say, oh no, let's fight over it. I mean, that was never the point of this case. They report Bryant has agreed to this change. Her attorney, Louis Lee, said in court Friday that Bryant felt it was a, quote, just result and that that she got the same amount as Chester. Both had brought their case to trial after filing lawsuits against the county several months after each lost spouses and daughters in the helicopter crash in January 2020. Their lawsuits were not about the crash itself, but about what happened afterwards. They accused the county sheriff and fire department employees of sharing and displaying gruesome photos of their deceased loved ones' remains from the crash scene without having a legitimate business reason to do so. And they go on to say in a quote from Vanessa Bryant's attorney, quote, throughout this case, Ms. Bryant has sought only accountability. She has never asked for a specific dollar amount and has trusted the jury to do justice. So the court is recalling it and allowing Bryant to agree to the $1 million less. And then they're going on to report that Bryant intends to, for the award, the entirety of the award, to go to the Mamba and Mambasita Foundation in honor of Kobe and Gianna's legacy. So that money will then be donated. It's a very odd thing to see the jury bringing it or a juror bringing it to the court's attention after everyone's left the courtroom, hey, that's wrong. When somebody could have said, wait a second, did they ever read the total? And maybe they didn't. Maybe in court when they read out the verdict and all of you, well, most of you listened in in court either contemporaneously or later to the verdict in the Depp v. Heard case, and they read out the verdicts, then they read out the amounts. Um, if they didn't total the, it up, maybe it just didn't catch in anyone's mind that it said 2.5 instead of 1.5, but it looks like that's being rectified. The other thing that just happened in court is there is a joint stipulation with regard to a briefing schedule, which makes it very clear what's going to be happening in this litigation next. So let's take a look real quick at what's going to happen there. So as I am recording it, this was filed today. I haven't seen it widely reported yet. I'm sure it will be by tomorrow. But the motion for joint stipulation is not a surprise. It's nothing new, but it does have a lot of information about how these parties see the post-trial litigation going. And it's going to answer a few questions like, hey, what about attorney's fees? Don't worry, it's addressed right here. So this joint stipulation breaks down that the 
um, defendants already brought a motion for a judgment as a matter of law. The motion for judgment as a matter of law can be called different things in different jurisdictions. It can be called a motion to dis well, yeah, yeah, sometimes they will call them a motion to dismiss after the trial because you're saying as a matter of law, this can't stand. But it really depends on the jurisdiction. So, or a motion to set aside the verdict, a motion for judgment notwithstanding a verdict. But here we have a motion for judgment as a matter of law saying, hey, this jury with these facts could not make these findings. They make it clear that this was made at trial, this was denied at trial, that the jury came back with a verdict, and that the parties are meeting and conferring with regard to this judgment that the court has not entered yet. So even though there's been a verdict, there will be a judgment that will be written and entered what we saw in Depp v. Heard. It was about a month after the verdict came in that the judgment was entered on the record. So there will be some time before the judgment's entered. Once the judgment's on the record, it will start the clock for a lot of these post-trial motions. They talked about the federal rules and what the federal rules set forth for the timing of these, and then the parties lay out what they've agreed to. So the renewed motion the last day for the defendants to file and serve their renewed motion for judgment, um, well, essentially a judgment notwithstanding a verdict, but judgment as a matter of law, will be three weeks after the court enters the judgment. So whenever that judgment gets formally entered on the record, the defendants will have three weeks to bring that new motion. The plaintiffs will have three weeks after that to file an opposition. The defense will have two weeks after that to file a reply. Then, they will set it on the court's hearing schedule and it will get a hearing date at some point at the court's convenience. There will then be fee motions. The plaintiffs will file their fee motions three weeks after the court rules on the motion for a judgment notwithstanding the verdict. So after the court rules on the first motion, then they will have three weeks to file their motion for attorney's fees. Why? Because why bother granting attorney's fees if the court somehow yeets the judgment? Do I think that's going to happen? No. Is that a standard motion to make after trial? Yes. Is it part of trial practice that even when the trial's done, you're not done? Yes. Trials don't end at the verdict, which I think particularly after Depp v. Heard, as everyone is now kind of looking at what's going on in the civil process, we're seeing look, there's the jury verdict, there's the judgment entered, and then there's post-trial litigation, and then sometimes it goes to appeal. So the plaintiffs will be bringing fee motions. So in the verdict forms, we did not see attorney's fees apportioned. That was not asked for in the verdict. That is going to be taking place in separate trial motion where it can be awarded by the court. And it's the same briefing schedule three weeks from the ruling on the previous motion, three weeks to file an opposition, and then two weeks to file a reply, and then it will be set for hearing. So there will be some post-trial litigation that will continue on in this case. But we need to talk about what really was the heart of this case. And as I started covering the testimony that was coming out of this case and seeing what was being reported that had been testified to, I was like, oh, there's... The jury is not going to like this, and it seems that the county truly did not have a clear policy with regard to accidents. So this ended up being a, a horrible storm where we get to, you know, there's not really a policy with regard to an accident. You have an accident with a, a very high-profile figure 
um, in Los Angeles. And then you have this very, um, you know, very remote location of the accident where there can be legitimate reasons to take photos, but there were also photos taken for a non-legitimate purpose. And that is kind of the perfect storm that this trial found itself in. And I can absolutely understand the distress of Vanessa Bryant hoping that those photos will never come to light, but still not being sure that those photos won't come to light because still not being 100% sure that they haven't all been deleted. So let's take a look at the, not just the causes of action, but a little bit of the testimony that came forth in this trial. When this case was originally filed, it did have claims of intentional infliction of emotional distress and a few other additional claims. After it went through pretrial litigation, it ended up being filed as a first amended complaint and those claims were removed. I think one of the reasons they were removed is because it puts mental health at issue in a different way that could have required Vanessa Bryant to sit for um, medical evaluations like we saw Amber Heard sit for with county-selected, I mean, county lawyer-selected mental health professionals to try to parse out whether the emotional distress was from the passing of her spouse and child, or if it was from someone taking photos that weren't released, I can understand not wanting to put that in issue in a trial in that way. So when we see this go to trial, what we see are those claims with regard to violations of the 14th Amendment, constitutional violations of your right to privacy, with a failure to have a policy, and then having a kind of culture of of, you know, not not respecting uh, privacy. There were other causes of action early on in this case, including a negligence action against uh, the L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva, but that was dismissed on a motion to dismiss. And when they broke down the motion to dismiss, it was interesting because one of the things the court really focused on was did the elected sheriff owe a specific duty to Vanessa Bryant to do or not do something. And that that duty and legal duty was really the crux of where the court decided to dismiss that case against the acting sheriff, who ended up, of course, being a witness in this case to talk about the department and what they did after it came to light that individuals had not only taken photos, but were then sharing those photos at a gala event and at a local bar. One of the individuals that testified, and I think one of the crucial bits of testimony, was someone who was at that gala event and saw that these um, photos on cell phones were being shared around, but it was someone whose cousin had been in the helicopter. Now, I don't assume that anyone at the gala knew that, but I can't imagine being at an, at an event and having this be what people are kind of sharing and chatting about, knowing that those were your family members that they are chatting about. So you have the testimony of someone who is at this event, seeing these photos being shared and can testify to the jury about how staggering that was for them. I think it brings reality to a jury to understand what Vanessa Bryant and um, her co-plaintiff are so concerned about and why they're concerned that these photos might end up uh, in the public. 
But we also had one of the individuals who took the pictures, not just testifying about it, but walking off of the bench, like needing a break during the testimony because talking about the crime scene and talking about how graphic it was, was distressing to them, but also getting very, very agitated um, in their testimony. So you have this kind of wild testimony, and then you have a contradiction between fire department personnel where one is saying, I was told by higher-ups to take the photo, and the higher-up saying, no, we did not tell them to take photos. And what we really saw in this was it wasn't just photos for the coroner's office. It wasn't photos for the crash investigation. These were more close-up photos of the bodies of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and others. And that ended up being really the crux of this. I think it's why it only took the jury four hours to come back, because I'm sure that they were disgusted by the testimony that they heard. And while they have to apply the law to the facts, their gut reaction to the thing is absolutely going to factor into their decision. The individual who was at the award ceremony is the spouse of an L.A. County firefighter who told the jury that she was disgusted and shocked by seeing one of the public information officers for the fire department sharing photos of the helicopter crash scene with colleagues, their wives, and partners, and that none of them knew that her cousin and cousin's daughter were in the crash. Quote, I was just disgusted, I was shocked, and I was trying to hold my composure. She said that the incident occurred during the cocktail hour of the gala and that she did not move over to the group to see the photos herself, even when the wife of the band sharing them asked her to join them in viewing the images. Quote, she was excited and encouraged us to come take a look at it. As the group headed into the dining area, one county fire official joked that he couldn't believe he, quote, just saw Kobe Bryant's burnt body and now I'm going to go eat. That type of testimony is what is going to shock a jury to saying there's there's no way this is okay. This individual did not uh, confront the person showing them around, but did go to the fire department to lodge a formal complaint, quote, because what he did was wrong, she testified. Something had to be done about him sharing the photos. What I think would also be surprising to the jury is that it's not the other firefighters standing up and saying, this has crossed a line, this has gone too far. It's the spouse of one of the firefighters going to file a formal complaint. There was also testimony about complaints being filed with the sheriff's department when sheriff's deputies were showing photos around at a bar and somebody complained about them seeing that. So the public who was, you know, party to this, though the photos, again, didn't end up on a website like TMZ or something else, we did see members of the public who weren't just first responder personnel seeing these photos, going and complaining about it and bringing it to the department's attention. And that's where you end up with the sheriff's department then ordering all the photos to be deleted. However, it was also testified to in trial that there is a hard drive that's believed to have some of the photos on it that could not be located. So I understand the ongoing fear that these photos could one day end up on Twitter. 
that somehow you could end up stumbling across these photos on the internet. And that's something that both of these plaintiffs don't want for them and don't want for their family members. Because again, their family members deserve dignity. And the families, the surviving families, don't and shouldn't have to live worrying that one day their phone's going to be blowing up because these photos have somehow gotten out. And we have seen this happen to celebrities time and time again. We have seen the boundaries pushed well too far um, with paparazzi and photos of things that should otherwise be private. And we talked about that over on YouTube on the live stream, and the chat was going through all of the, just the different incidences from Heath Ledger um, being wheeled out of the apartment in New York to Britney Spears being taken by ambulance to UCLA, um, you know, and on and on and on. So when we're talking about the boundaries of, of decency and what's acceptable, the county now to $30 million, their detriment is going to have to rewrite um, their policies to accommodate for the fact that photos taken at a scene are no longer just on a film camera that are then given back to the department, that people have phones in their pockets where they can take photos. And when it comes to this being um, a, a pattern or a culture with regard to the sheriff's department, there was testimony regarding that as well. And you had testimony during the trial that this is something that does take place within the sheriff's department, that people will keep photos of, of accident scenes and decedents um, in some kind of an awful collection. And that's something, again, that when it goes to a pattern like you're seeing, combined with what happened in this case, combined with them not being distributed, but shown publicly, combined with civilians coming in to testify that they were horrified and disgusted and shocked by seeing these photos being shown around, combined with the, you know, one of the fire department chiefs saying, I didn't tell people to take those pictures, they weren't needed, and then saying, you know, this is unprecedented, and then saying there's not really a policy for this. On top of all of it, I understand completely why this jury came back with a verdict. I understand why it was for $15 million. In closing arguments, Bryant's attorneys had asked for $75 million and had portioned it down to a million dollars per year for an amount of time. I think $15 million is still a very large number. Will it be enough to send a message to the county and make them rewrite their their policies? I think so. Will it signal other departments to write their rewrite their policies? I absolutely think so. And before we wrap up today's episode, we have to thank one more sponsor. Thank you to our sponsor, Backbone. Backbone is a game changer because it turns your phone into an easy-to-use mobile gaming device. It's really a great way to get the games you love on the go, but you get that handheld console experience. My teen has been loving it. I've been loving it. You get games that he enjoys and games that I enjoy, like a little bit of Grand Theft Auto. Find out why TechCrunch says that the Backbone is the closest thing we've ever seen to a portable Xbox. And I'll just mention, if you have someone in your family that might enjoy this, now might be the time to just grab it 
and hold on to it till the holidays because it really is a ton of fun. And for Diablo fans, Backbone is now the official partner of Diablo Immortal. Not only is the game specifically optimized for Backbone, but you'll receive $10 of in-game perks. This is in addition to everything else Backbone is currently offering to the Emily Show listeners. Free access to over 350 console games, plus free subscriptions to Xbox Pass Ultimate, Apple Arcade, and Google Strata Pro. But this is a limited time offer. Just go to our link, playbackbone.com slash lawnerd. Find your next adventure at playbackbone.com slash lawnerd. Enjoy all of your bonuses and let me know what you think of Diablo Immortal. Let's get back to today's episode. I hope that today's episode gave a little bit more context to not only what some of the testimony was in this case, what the underlying, well, the underlying causes of action that had to be decided were in this case, really that violation of privacy with the photos that were taken and what's happening next in this case. Again, that essentially judgment notwithstanding a verdict um, saying that this, these facts, this jury couldn't have found this. I don't think that will go anywhere. It's already been denied once, but this is part of your standard legal practice. Being the attorney who has to deal with this for the county would be awful. The facts are not good for them. The facts are very sympathetic to the plaintiff. And though you could make a very technical legal argument, the testimony is not technical legal testimony in this case. This is not a case devoid of emotion where it's, you know, company versus company and you can make a very technical legal argument. This is going to be a somewhat emotionally driven case along with the facts based on the individuals testifying and based on what happened here. Then you get down to, but who ends up footing the bill for $30 million? Well, the county of Los Angeles and likely coming out of some of the budgets here, but the county also sets aside um, money in budget to deal with lawsuits that come up against the county. And the money for the county comes from the taxpayers from the county of Los Angeles. I've already seen some of the letters to the editor uh, to the LA Times about people saying, but why should the taxpayers have to pay for the sheriff's department not having policies to prevent this for things that a handful of employees did well because they are public employees and the heads of their departments are up for election. I th Again, I think we will absolutely see policy change because of this case. I think we will absolutely see policy change in other departments if they don't already have strong policies in place because of this case, because lawsuits like this do make change. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just lack, it's just, lacking in dignity. Um, the attorney for Vanessa Bryant in closing said that this is something that shocks the conscience times a thousand. And that really is what I took away from reading all of the different testimony that was being reported. It would have felt very real in that courtroom. Um, they talked about how emotional Vanessa Bryant was during her testimony and Christopher Chester during his testimony. And how could you not be? So a very, a very human experience in this courtroom for a very, you know, dehumanizing thing. And with that, I thank you for being here and I thank you 
for being a law nerd. A heavy topic this week, but I think an important one to talk not just about the celebrity behind this case, but about what happened in this case and what change is likely to come from it. And with that, may your families be well. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your gas not be $7 a gallon. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for being with me for another one. And thank you for being a law nerd. I'll talk to you soon.